Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم سیون منٹس آفٹر الیون ساؤتھ افریکن ٹائم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم It's a beautiful brrr Tuesday morning on our program The Bliss of Marriage I see Haji Suleiman Esop he's full full of life this Tuesday morning he says Molana it is brrr it's cold We were just speaking earlier on about our beloved engineer, Haji Abu Yusuf. He says, Malan, how am I feeling? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I'm doing well. Uh, just make dua for me, Haji Suleiman Esop. Uh, you know, Wint and I, we're not on good terms. So we're not on good terms. But uh, everything happens through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's winter, we make shukar. Whether it's summer, we say shukar. My beloved listeners of Markas uh, Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Uh, I first want to welcome the listeners of Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and um, Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Markaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Rafat bin Ibrahim Hatia is the name, of course, my beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Hafizahullah. He's with me from now till inshallah till 12 ish. Remember today is the 16th of Dhul Qa'da 1444. Our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners plus 2784-786-3132. Three, let's uh, welcome our beloved Ustad into the Bliss of Marriage. Ustad, welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa na'arafat. Jazakallahu khairan. Ustad, let's uh, start. Uh, there's a listener from Zach Park. Uh, they want to know, uh, move this up. Must my son be balikh to be my mahram? From Zakpak Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If you are traveling, for example, from Johannesburg to Durban, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, wherever, then your son will be a mahram, provided that he is baligh and mature. If your son is two years old, five years old, eight years old, 
So then he is your son, but he's not your mahram in this sense that for journey purposes, traveling purposes, so he will not qualify. The purpose of a mahram is that he must be to protect you and to guide you and so forth. Now he's a one-year-old boy, two-year-old boy, four-year-old boy. So how can he be your mahram that for traveling purposes he won't be your mahram? Obviously, for marriage purposes, you can't marry him, you, he can't marry you because he is your son and you are the mother. But remember, for traveling purposes, he won't be qualified as a mahram. Hmm. Ustad, somebody wants to know, Ustad, is poverty a valid reason for fasakh? Ustad? Not permissible. Remember that halat conditions come from all Allah, Jalla wala. Sometime a person is well-to-do, and then remember, suddenly he made two, three deals, and then the deals didn't work out. Now he became poor. So what you going to say? No, you want out of the marriage? You can't do that. Marriage is a partnership, and that partnership must be in sarra and darra. Sarra and darra means during the time of happiness and during the time of difficulty. You know, in our languages, Gujarati, Maiman, Urdu, what you say? Duk and Suk. So Duk is difficulty. Suk is, you must remember, time of happiness, prosperity. Then half the marriages will break then in that kind. So it's not permissible that. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, that we are a group of sisters, of course, all of us are going with our husbands, with our mahrams. But we were told that we have to kiss the Hajari Aswad. Ustad, could you please elaborate on this, Ustad? So you must be very careful. Don't just take advice from ignorant people and so forth and so on. First of all, for a male and a female to kiss Hajari Aswad while you are in Ihram. So it's not permissible. Why is not permissible? Because they're the authorities. They got they are, you know, khadims and workers and so. Every day they're putting itter and perfume and fragrance there. So you're not allowed to touch fragrance. Second, for you, the men, if you get chance without pushing anybody, then go and kiss Hajri Aswad when you're out of Ihram. For you ladies, nowadays you can't kiss the Hajri Aswad. The crowd is gone so big. Every day I'm receiving questions from Makkah and Medina and so forth. This South African is here. The one South African passed away yesterday also. So Allah Ta'ala grant him Jannatul Firdaus Al-A'la. And this morning for that time was his Salatul Janaza. So remember that you say that you must kiss Hajri Aswad. So what it means? You're going to push the man and push this one and that is wrong. They're totally wrong. You must just stand far and make istilam. You just raise your hands and make Bismillah al-Akbar and that is sufficient. Physically for you, the ladies, to go and kiss it nowadays when the crowd is so big, is totally haram that, remember that. Don't just listen to anybody and everybody. Half the people will give you all upside down wrong advices. So, Ustad, if a woman cannot make idat after divorce because she got no place to stay and she won't feel safe if she stays by someone else, can she make nikah without doing idat, Ustad? Yeah, before I come to this question, yeah, regarding the previous question, remember that I think when I went inside the Kaaba, 
that is with Allah's help, Allah's mercy, 2011, I think from the 2000, or maybe, I can't remember, 10, 12, 15 years, I never kissed the Hajri Aswad. You must remember that, because always this crowd, and if you want to kiss Hajri Aswad, then remember, you will have to push and so forth. So there's absolutely haram that you can't be pushing people and then going there to do a sunnah, you want to commit a haram. To push people is haram and right in front of the Kaaba mm-hmm. and what it is to kiss the Hajj Aswad is Sunnah so some sanity and common sense should prevail although common sense nowadays is not so common remember that for you sister there are three four issues here for you to get married after your husband divorced you whilst you are in Idda that Nikah is totally null and void is what we call Batil so that nikah will be null and void and you'll be living in sin and Allah Ta'ala's curse will be upon you and that person. So what you mean that you got no place and all these things? In Islam, when a husband divorces his wife, so the owner's responsibility is on the husband that he must maintain and sustain his wife for that idd period there. So the responsibility is on him. And if he doesn't give you, you must take him to court or go to the ulama and so forth and so on. Because for that three periods of the three menses, you must remember, it's compulsory. He must give the maintenance and so forth and so on. Not that he's sitting in the house and he pushes you out in the street and so forth. So we need to understand now because of ignorance, you want to do something that is absolutely haram. You say, no, because I can't find anywhere and got all fairy tale excuses, I'll go and get married to somebody else. So that nikah is not even valid, is null and void. So remember that the, the excuse you are citing is not valid in Islam because he is responsible for that. And let's say worst case scenario that he doesn't want to pay anything, then your family, your brothers, your father, your uncles, all of them are responsible that they must arrange something for you and so forth and so on. So there's no such thing that you must just get married and so forth. So, and that ethnica won't be valid, remember that. Hmm. Zero eight four seven eight six three one three two international overseas listeners plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. So when a person becomes a Muslim Ustad, does he have to make a kika for himself? Yes, remember that according to Hanafis, whether he is a minor or whether he is a major, major meaning that is 20, 30, 50 years old, like last night. So now seven brothers, five sisters embrace Islam with Allah's help. They're all sane, they're all mature. And we thank Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala. This is the barakah, wasila, blessings of the Master. Habibuna Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi And we thank our brother Ibrahim Anderson. So now must they make akika? Hanafi says yes, they should do so. Not compulsory, but sunnah to do so. Shafi'is, Maliki, Hanbalis and them say no that there's no real aqiqa after Buluq so after the children have become Balik and mature so now they're 15, 20, 30 then there's no aqiqa for them according to Shafi'is and Hanbalis so the time elapses and expires once they obtain and attain the age of puberty and maturity mm. Ustad is a brother wants to know what is the uh, the adab 
the sunnah way of visiting visiting the Qabristan. My wife and two daughters will be sitting in the car. My ma passed away. They're really missing her. Life is hard without her, Ustad. So remember when you say your wife and your children, your daughters will be sitting in the car, what you mean by that? You mean you're going to take the car right inside the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, here in Lanesia, yes, this cemetery here, graveyard here, that you find people go right inside this haram, that you can't do that. So you must remember for ladies to go inside the graveyard. It's not permissible that. Well, there's no reward there. I give you three ahadis. All these ahadis are mentioned in Sunan Nasai. Allahu qubur. Allah Ta'ala's curse is on the ladies who visit the graveyard. Second one, Allahu qubur. Allah Ta'ala's curse is on the women who visit the graveyard excessively. And third one is, you must remember the hadith. Look at this. One side is the master, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi other side is Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Do you know who Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha? Fatima to Sayyida to Nisai Ahlil Jannah, the leader of the women in Jannah and Paradise. So Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu was walking outside. From the opposite direction, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha was walking. Oh, my beloved daughter, my ladli, my saibzadi, what you doing here outside? What happened? She said, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anhu said to her beloved father, Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi I went to offer condolences, Tazia, some lady, somebody passed away there. So therefore I went to offer the condolences, sympathize with the family. Then you went to the cemetery also. You went to the graveyard also. She said, la, la, no, no, no. Then he, Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, had you gone to the graveyard, you don't enter Jannah. Who's telling who? Nabi alayhi salatu salam is telling and informing his ladli, his saibzadi, his piari, beloved, beloved daughter, that you will not enter Jannah and so forth when you do this. Now we, we stand a chance then. So you must remember that all these ahadis I quoted now regarding visiting the graveyard in it for ladies are mentioned in Sunan Nasai. So therefore our fatwa is not permissible. If you mean that your, your wife, your daughters will be right outside, there's a whole fence around the graveyard and they will be outside that fence and so forth, so that is permissible. But you go inside the graveyard with the car and that, and ladies are inside, not permissible that. That is looking for loopholes and so forth and so on. So when you enter, you enter with your right foot. It's better to have wuzu, not compulsory. And then you make the salam. You just say, Assalamu alaikum, is sufficient. Or you know the whole dua, Assalamu alaikum, ya ahl al-kubur. That salam upon you, O the people of the graves, ya ahl al-kubur. Yaghfirullah lana wa lakum. Allah ta'ala forgive us, Allah ta'ala forgive you. Antum salafuna wa nahnu bil athar. You are the vanguard. You passed away before us. And we are following one by one. We also will die and come to graveyard. Allah alone knows which graveyard. We don't know. And thereafter, you go to your mother's grave. So you must walk from the feet side. You see? You don't walk from the head side. You walk from the feet side. Why? That that is adab and respectful. That you're showing respect and honor to your mother, even ba'da mawtiya, ba'da wafatiya, after her demise. 
Then you stand there and you can leave your hands on the side. You read Surah Yasin if you know. You read Surah Fatiha. You read the Quls. You read Qulfullah, Qulbin Nas, all that. Qulullah also. Let it, you read Quran. And then you raise your hands and remember you make dua. Let Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Then you read the Ruh Sharif, Salawat upon Nabiul Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then you read all these words I'm reading now. Allah Mafillaha Warhamha Wasakina Fil Jannah. Allah Marzukha Jannat al Firdausil Ala. Allahumma Nawir Kabraha. Allah Majiraha min Adabil Kabar. Allah Majiraha min Adabin Nar. Allah Mahasibaha Isabi Yasira. And the best dua, if you are reading for your parents, then who passed away as Muslims, you read Surah 14, verse 41. When I left here this morning, I read Sunnah and I went to the masjid. So the Imam, he read these verses in Fajr Salat. So I told the people, these are the best duas to read for your deceased. Rabba Surah 14, verse 41, Surah Ibrahim. Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam teaching us a lesson. Rabbana fili wali wali deya walil mu'minina yawma yakumul hisab. Oh beloved Allah, forgive me, forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day when the reckoning is established. So that is what you should be doing, but not taking ladies inside. Definitely not permissible. Well, that is a message, uh, I think, of a marhum that passed away uh, in uh, Mecca. It says here uh, the janazah took place after Fajr today in Masjid al-Haram, Baril at Sharaya. So they want to know, Ustad, what's the Muslim? Because remember his wife in du'as as she is in Makkah, Ustad. Yes, I received a message from the students also. So, mashallah, Allah ta'ala grant him Jannat al-Firdaus. When we send the message, we must know that in Makkah, Mukarramah, there are three graveyards. One is where Sayyida Khadija radiallahu anha, Abdullah bin Zubair, Asma bin Zubair, and so many senior Sahaba radiallahu anhu mabarit, that is called Mu'alla. Our people make Mala, Mala, that's wrong. So Mu'alla, so that is the first one. Then there's another one there when you're traveling from, you know, Muzdalifa, Mina, and coming to Makkah. So it's also part of the Haram, and in Makkah, basically in Azizia, it's called Maqbaratul Adal. There, Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah, is buried there. The Sheikh Sudais, his mother, and all of them, they buried there, and so forth. And so that also is great virtue. And then, because every day Janazah there, so then they got another graveyard, far but it's in the Haram, in Makkah, it's called Shara'i. My one cousin is buried there also, Ahmed from Stanerton. So remember that Allah Ta'ala grant them, so the name is Shara'i. So now she is there for Hajj. So what must she do? So remember that she must see if she's gone for her first Hajj, she must stay there. And she must complete the Hajj. And from time of death, the Iddat will start. And after Hajj, then she come home. And if it is Nafil Hajj, not first Hajj, then she must come home immediately because her first Hajj has already been performed and then one of a mahram or whatever must go there, bring her home and so forth. But remember that in a case like this, if it's first Hajj, which I think it is, then she must just stay there, perform the Hajj, and then inshallah after Hajj she must come home. Somebody says, I need some advice, Ustad. My son is 14 years old. He wants to make nikah with the girl who is 20 years old, Ustad. 
You can't even look after yourself. You want to look after your wife and all these type of things here. You see, this is the problem today, that the parents give you so much freedom and so forth. So now you get infatuated. Say, oh, this lady here is very nice for me. I'm asking you one question. You, hypothetically, right? Willow for us now we say in Arabic. So for argument's sake, you get married, where you will stay? Who will look after your wife? Who will pay for all the expenses? You you can't even look after yourself properly. So when you can't do that, then you start begging here and there looking for zakat. So in cases like that, it's not permissible for you to get married. So you just got balik now. So remember that. So you must start fasting. Because you say, no, I got too much desires now. So that, so you must start fasting. So Nabi alayhi salatu salam hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Ya ma'ashar al-shabab, oh you group of youngsters, manistata minkumul ba'at afalyatazawwaj, whosoever from you, you got the physical means and the financial means, then you must get married. Why? فَإِنَّهُ أَغَدُّ لِلْبَصَرُ وَأَحْسَنُ لِلْفَرْجُ Then you'll keep your gaze down and you protect your private part. And if you don't have the means of the merit, you don't have the finances and that, so you must fast. Then that fasting will crush the desires, will break the desires. So forget all this here, and every day, every second day, start fasting now, brother, and then everything will be all right. Usain, I spoke about my brother-in-law's wife because she made me angry and she heard me sparkle about her, which was wrong. I asked her for math, but of course, I asked her for math twice for math and told her my anger got the better of me, but she's not talking to me. I feel terrible. What else must I do, Stad? Yeah, but what business you got to talk about her now? And you, in Islam, there's no such thing. You must have chit-chat and all that with your brother's wife and so forth. So you must remember, you're not a mahram. You can't be alone with her. You can't be socializing with her and so forth and so on. So finish. Now you must ask your brother also for forgiveness and you must ask your brother's wife for forgiveness. You say you did that twice already. So just write a letter and say, okay, finish now. That I will never ever speak these kind things and I ask for forgiveness and so forth. But you must realize that what we do in our society, we all sit and eat together, we travel together, we go here and there shopping together, then we joke and we social. All that is haram. You can't be doing that. So therefore, you need to curtail all the contact with her yourself as well. So that so that is why you're feeling so bad. Because why? You used to speak to her when there was no need. You used to joke <laughs> with her and all this. But now everything has turned against you. But ask both of them for forgiveness and write the ayat there, the translation. Allah tuhibbuna Allahu lakum. Do you not love Allah to forgive you? So the more you forgive people, the more Allah will forgive you also. So that is what you should do. I'm a lady who started. Yeah, so if you're a lady also, so you must remember that, then you must ask her for forgiveness and ask her husband also for forgiveness and say that it was my fault, I admit it and finish. And then, inshallah, with time, time is a healer, then Allah Ta'ala will soften her heart and your heart and then, inshallah, you can continue speaking. But if you see her, you must at least make salam with her nowadays. <laughs> Listen to this one who started, respected scholar. I have heard a lot of your inspirational talks. 
I came across someone who mentioned that you said that Imam Abu Hanifa was a Salafi. Please clarify if true. I'm a Salafi student. I will be recording you start. Record me wherever you want. So you must remember people will attribute to us things which we never ever said. So Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, Sanad in fiqh, will write this down and learn it. Do you even know what is Hanafi fiqh? Hanafi fiqh is known as fiqh aharil Iraq. And Allama Zahid Kawthari, who was one of the great Hanafi scholars, you must remember that, he wrote the whole book on this, Fiqhu Ahlil Iraq, the jurisprudence of the people of Iraq. So Imam Abu Hanifa's teacher was Hamad. Hamad's teacher was so Ibrahim Nakhi. Ibrahim Nakhi's teacher was Al-Qama and Aswad. Al-Qama and Aswad are the students of Abdullah the Mas'ud. Abdullah the Mas'ud radiallahu anhu is a student and the Sahabi of Nabi alayhi sallallahu alayhi So that is what they used to follow. They were not Salafis like you. You don't know whether you're coming or you're going. I'm asking you three questions now. That you... Can you speak one word against MBS Murtad bin Shaitan publicly? See, I say, MBS is Murtad bin Shaitan. He is an enemy of Islam and a traitor. You can say that in public. I challenge you. So you can't say it. You know why? Because you Salafis, you'll sold Islam out. You'll get money from Saudi Arabia and MBS and so forth. One question. Two, that in the Haram Sharif for past four years, they're reading Taraweeh Salat, you must remember, ten rakats. So where you got ten rakats Taraweeh from? There's no such thing as eight rakats and ten rakats Taraweeh and all these things, yeah? So from time of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu is 20 rakats, all four schools, Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanbalis, Hanafis, all say 20 rakats. So that what you are doing is 100% bid'ah, you see? So that is what you're promoting, bid'ah. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, authentic hadith, alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnatil khulafai rashidin al-mahdiyin. You must follow the rightly guided khulafa. Authentic hadith, Abu Dawood ibn Majah. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam said, hadith in Tirmidhi, iqtadu bi hadhaini min ba'di. You must follow these two great personalities after my demise. Wa ashara ila Abi Bakrin wa Umar. And then the master alayhi salatu salam pointed to Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an and Sayyidina Umar Farooq radiallahu an. So they never did what you are doing. One. Two. That you must remember the hadith of talaq. Is three talaq is three, but you, you're like the Christians, that you say that is three talaq is one. So you're practicing on Quran and Sunnah, or you're practicing on what the Christians are saying? I'm asking you. So that you'll say three talaq is one. Why? Because Sheikh bin Baz, he said so. I met all of them. I met Sheikh bin Baz, I met Sheikh Albani, I met Sheikh Yusuf Qardawi, I met Sheikh Salih bin Uthaymin, all, rahimahullah. So they were great scholars, but they made big blunders also. Remember that. Then I'm asking you next one, that in the Haramain Sharifain, both places, Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawwara, you must remember for past 30 years, 40 years now, that they make, you must remember, the Khatmul Qur'an Dua in Salat. That the last night, 29th night, Minal Jinnati Wannas, and then they start the Dua. 
This was not men- This is not mentioned in the Quran. This is not mentioned in any hadith. No a strong hadith, no a weak hadith. This was never done by Sahaba. This was never done by Tabi'in. This was never done by Imah, the pious predecessor. This is an invention of the Saudis. This is an invention of the Wahhabis. This is the invention of the Salafis. You show me where it is written that you must make dua in Salat every year and so forth on the occasion of Khatmul Quran. 100% bid'ah it is. Then they tell me I can't read Quran for my father, for my mother, for the deceased and so forth. When I was in Mu'alla at the graveyard, so that one chamcha there, sidekick, like, you know, like you, not a sidekick, you see. So you must remember, you know, la kirata lil amwat. You can't read Quran for the deceased. So I asked him, tell me what is the meaning of this hadith. And ma'akil ibn yasarin. Ma'akil bin yasar radiallahu ta'ala nu states, qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, iqra yasin ala mawtakum. Read surah yasin for your deceased. So the hadith is mentioned in Mustad Ahmad by Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal. It's mentioned in Imam Abu Dawood and it's mentioned in Ibn Majah. Leave all that. When I cornered them with this, they don't know what to say. Totally perplexed, confused, and their fuses were blown. So I told him, you know Shaykh islam Ibn Taymiyyah? They say, yes. I say, you know Shaykh islam Ibn Taymiyyah student, Hafiz Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. He wrote the book Kitab al-Ruh, which I have. On page 17, he writes that a person went to the graveyard, was reading Surah Yasin. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal told him initially, don't read it. So he mentioned a hadith. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal asked him, you heard the hadith yourself? He said, yes. He said, go and read. So must we accept all four schools who say totally permissible or must we accept you? Look at your people moon sighting. They in Saudi. You must remember that every year you corrupt the whole Ramadan or you corrupt the Hajj or you corrupt the Eid or something. Ramadan this year, 1444, you started right. But Eid you had on a Friday. The moon was not sighted in any part of the world. When the news came after that, then they said they followed the taqweem. You know what you are doing? You are practicing what the mushrikeen used to do. Surah 9, verse 37. Inna man nasi'u ziyadatun fil kufri. Your regime in Saudi Arabia now are kuffar. They brought sanamas in Medina. They brought bikini beaches there in Jeddah. They now paying for the soccer players. This MBS Murtad bin Shaitan. He gives 75 million US dollars to the soccer player, another Shaitan. And that is Ronaldo, whatever the Shaitan's name is. You want to come tell me you must follow Salafis. So, brother, you make Tawbah, otherwise you might lose your Iman. Now go and tell all this to all your Salafis. And tell them, AK said this, now what answer you can give? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So bring the answers and tell me. Oh, I love you, Stad. I find it very hard to understand you at times. I will consult with my Asatiza. Shukran, wassalam. You can never answer this. I'll circumcise you and whoever is with you. Well, it's 22 minutes to 12 o'clock. We go for an interval, inshallah. There's many questions, inshallah, to be asked, so just be with us. When we come back, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.
Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. Well, it's uh, 20 minutes uh, to 12 on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Do all the madhabs say that women are not allowed to go to the Qabristan, Ustad? Oh, Quran says, Mazaib all come afterwards. Quran says, Surah 33, verse 33. وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ A woman's place is at home. Allah is commanding the ladies, you must stay glued to your houses. <coughs> you can't go outside the house unless there's a need necessity. So what you business you got to do at the graveyard? I'm asking you, what you got work there? <laughs> Today with the ladies go, I see here when I go here, Avalon and all that. Nowadays I don't go much because of safety and all that. So sometimes before I used to go, I see some ladies, they're doing gardening there. Some other ladies, they're doing other things there. So you must remember, and the way they dress, majority of them. So since when all that is jais, I'm asking you. So you can't go to the masjid for women. So how you can go to graveyard, I'm asking you. So it's not permissible for you according to all schools. Because why? You can't fulfill <coughs> the conditions. Once you can't, once the conditions are not found, then you can't go. It's totally haram, not permissible. Quran is telling you, you must stay at home, finish. <laughs> My husband is a narcissist. He insults, criticizes, and bullies me. What can I do, Ustad? You see, you'll always ask the tale, you know, the ending. Why you don't look at the starting? I don't know you. I don't know your husband. But I know this much, that when your husband came then to propose to you, then you or your family or both of you, you'll say, I to bo harulage. Mal biche and Jamal biche. Mal is very rich and Jamal he looked a little bit handsome, you know, and maybe he got a little bit white or green eyes and fair complexion and so forth and yeah. so he say, be honest, my sister, I'm asking you a fair question. Was it in your mind two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, I must marry this person because of his taqwa, his piety, or must I marry him? You must remember for his, you understand, uh, akhlaq and good character and so forth. That you didn't even think about in all these type of things. So that is selection of spouse. So that is where we make the first mistake. Today, people getting married to Qadianis and Shias and Agakhanis and who and who in the zoo. So, and then afterwards they say, no, this happened. But I'm asking you, couldn't you do your homework before? So that is the question you must ask, sister. You must say that, you know what, when the proposal came for me, then I looked at the wealth of my husband, I looked at the handsomeness, and my parents were also happy, and I also was happy. So therefore, all of you are to blame. Now you come to your question. Your husband is a narcissist. Your husband is insulting you. Your husband is doing this, he's doing that. So you must start ta'aleem in your house. How are you going to start ta'aleem? You take Riyadu Salihin of Allama Nawawi Rahimahullah. Take the Fazail works of Hazrat Shaykh Hazrat Zakariya Shaykh Al-Hadiz. Nowadays is Hajj time, so people are going for Hajj. So you read that. You read about Makkah, about Medina, about all these things there. So then you must create 
made the environment, then you must teach him and you teach one another. Surah number 4, verse number 19, <coughs> ma'ruf, That Almighty Allah Jalla commands you, the husbands, Allah is saying commanding you, is wajib, is first, is compulsory, mandatory upon your husband. You must treat your wife with love, with respect, with justice, all that. Quran. Then you go to Hadith. Who's going to teach us the Hadith? The Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu She's the only virgin wife of Nabi salam. She's young. She memorized it. She knew and she spoke all these things. And Aisha radiallahu anha, Siddiqa to bin to Siddiqa, that Aisha reports and narrates. Call it, she says, call it, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, khayrukum khayrukum li ahlikum. The best, khayrukum comes and khayarukum comes, both of these, both words come. The best of you are the best of you to your wives and to your family and your children and so forth. And I am the best of you to my wives and to my children and my family and so forth. Authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. So the Quran is telling you this and remember the hadith Sharif is telling you. And our Salaf Sali, our pious Buzruks and pious people, I heard this myself directly. From Hazrat Ji, Hazrat Mohana Masihullah Khan Sahib Jalalabadi so Hazaji used to teach us and tell us, because we all youngsters not married, and then 77, I was there whole Ramadan. <coughs> so I got married after that, obviously. So he said, the whole world can say you are good. But if your wife and children say you bad, then you bad by Almighty Allah and by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the whole world can say you are bad. But your wife and children say you are good. Then by Allah Jalla Wala and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will be considered a good person. That is the barometer. See? So when you sit with the great, great ulama, with the salihin, Ya ayyuhalladzina amanu taqullah wa kunu ma'asadiqeen. Then you say, now winter time, we sit next to the heater, fireplace, so the warmth comes to us. Summertime, we put on the aircon and the fan, and that coolness reaches us. So the Muslim must associate with the salihin, with the pious people. Then you will understand the true meaning of deen. Sitting on your laurels, <coughs> then thinking of hadi, and opening the internet, and saying, me, I'm to study Islam, that is a deception and a myth. You go astray, and you lead others also astray. I am married for 44 years, respected Mutizab. Is permissible for my husband to totally ignore me when he is with my wife number two? Only must call me Fajr time when I am already up. No communication with me at all. Now he is on holiday at the moment. He didn't tell that he's going on holiday. Broken. And my heart is broken to start. So you are the first wife. So you married to him 44 years. Now I don't know when he got <laughs> married. You don't understand. The second wife four years ago, three years ago, ten years ago. So when he got married the second time, the Quran Sharif told him, and that is what he had to do. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 3. For in khiftum Allah ta'adilu fawahida. If you can't do justice, then it's not permissible for you to take second wife. So we answer the questions as the questions are posed to us. The way you have posed it, it seems you're not doing justice. So you must remember <coughs> in a case like that, then the consequences are very, very severe. 
Whosoever, these are the words of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. The master alayhi salam said, whoever has two wives, and he favors the one over the other. Like now he's favoring the new one over the old one. He forgot all this gold. And then Ja'a Yom al he'll come on day of Qiyamah, and remember the whole body will be bent on the right hand side or left hand side, so the world will know. So that's why I always say this put a hundred Muslim husbands there and who got two, three, four wives, 80%, 85%, they make zulam on one wife or the other. Remember this. So therefore, that you see the example I gave just now. I told you, you ladies, about the graveyard story. I said it's haram, not permissible, according to all four schools. And I said something in Arabic. When the conditions are not fulfilled, then that becomes haram. So for him to marry a second wife was haram and not permissible. Why? Because he's not doing justice at all. So that is the meaning there. So Islam allowed you have a second wife, third wife, fourth wife. The question you must ask, is it carte blanche or is it what conditions? Obviously it's what conditions. Now if you can't fulfill that condition, they're not permissible for you to get married. So that is what you... Now every time you are crying, every time you are oppressed and so forth. So what Habibuna Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that you must fear the baddua. You can say in Urdu or English, the spelling will be same. Baddua, B-A-D, the bad dua of the oppressed person. That between that oppressed person and Almighty Allah, there is no curtain, no veil, and so forth. It means isharatun ila suratil ijaba. It means that all may Allah Jalla wa Allah remember well that accept the dua of the oppressed person immediately. Tomorrow, let he get pains and aches and all that. He'll come crawling back to you because he know you will make your his khidmat and still serve him. The new one will be putting all lipstick and lot of mascara and makeup. Hey, me, I haven't got time for all this here and all these kind of things here. So you see what happens, sister. This I'm being practical now and honest. He said, now I lady this wife here, I bury to Patigeli. You understand? 40 years I'm with you now, and now when he got married to you, you were like a half a liter bottle. Now you're like a five liter bottle. Now he wanted someone, you know, that was like a tip-top lady, you see, slim and trim and all that. So he got this young one for her now. So he said, let me go now. So this week they're in Maldives, and next week they'll be in Mauritius, and then they'll be there, and you now saying that all this. And when you want time, he don't give you time. You say he only contacts you this. So it means there's nothing, no justice at all. So you must make dua. Ya Allah, let him practice on justice. Or you must make dua. Ya Allah, you deal with him in a manner that you know best, Ya Allah. Read Ya Muntakimu, Ya Muntakimu, Ya. Read the Asma'ullah al-Husna and you will see Allah Ta'ala will bring him to his senses. He just needs one to punishment and then Bilkul Tiko Jaiga. So that is the advice we can give you. 084786 Listen to this one, Ustad. I am an Ustad. 
currently teaching in Mayfe. I have received what you have sent out, Mufti Sab, about Tasilu Tariq. Why are Mufti Sab saying about this? It has been like this all the time. Ustad. So if you study the Quran, you must remember that is the dalil, the evidence the Kuffar used to give. When Ambiya who teach them the truth, they say, but how can we accept what you are saying? That we found Qadwajadna Abaana. Our forefathers used to do this. So now we also must follow like that. So that's how you are speaking. I am asking you the I don't go and look for all these things. I don't have time for this. People they send me all these things here. Then I even phoned the person and asked him that I want to see the whole cover and everything. Then they said 100% is theirs. So I am asking you now, you say about Sayyidina Usman radiallahu anhu and democracy. Are you showing respect to Sayyidina Usman or are you insulting Hazrat Usman? I'm asking you. I'm asking you. You the Maulana or the Muallim or the Appa, I'm asking you. Are you insulting or are you honoring? You know what is the answer. So if you insulting Sahaba, you know what Quran says, chapter nine, verse seventy-nine. minhum. Those people who mock Sahaba, those people who insult Sahaba, those who ridicule Sahaba, Allahu minhum. Allah will mock them. Wallahum adabun alim. And Allah Taala will, you must remember, send you, a, give you a terrible, painful punishment. Chapter 9, Surah Tawbah, verse 79. Instead of thanking me, you want to justify their stance. Why? It was there so long. What an idiot and stupid Dalil that can be. That is the Kufar Dalil. The Kufar used to give Dalil like that. Therefore, you must remember revelation when it came to the Master, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, brought about the biggest revolution. Because people had to leave their families. They say, we can't follow you. We're going to follow Nabi Salam and the Wahi. So we are here to defend the deen. We're not here to carry favor with any person, any organization, or any politician. Or, and that we leave for you all, to go bootleg the politicians and get money from them, get money from the Shias. You can't even make one statement in your Tasheel series publicly say Shias are 100% kuffar and give 10 reasons why you don't do that, you see? So you can't come and tell me this. When I ask you a hundred times now, give me one explanation why you close the masjid. You see all the disgrace that's going on now. It's the result of that. Quran says that. Surah 2, verse 114. Why half the masjids are not allowing them? In Natal and so many places I know, they don't allow them. Why? Because of this. You must remember that. And then they go to court. Now you see LGBT. Tell them to make a public statement against LGBT and speak against Woolworths and speak against this and that and see what is the response. Mm. They themselves went to court with the LGBT, with the lesbians. They themselves went to court with the lesbians to change our nikah laws. When we went to court to open the masjid, they went to court to close the masjid. That Abu Jahal and them do. So tomorrow you might wake up with Abu Jahal. You know that. <laughs> what you say about all that? 
If you want to speak, come, let's speak. You must remember these things, yeah? We'll take all your crimes out. You must remember that. So if you want to speak, then we'll take everything out. So don't think, ours got nothing to do with this Molvi and that Molvi. Mm-hmm. Our deen is our life. We will give our life for Islam. Not come and bootleg this guy and bootleg this politician, bring politicians, Napak politicians here to the Idga. Is that your Islam? I'm asking you. I can tell you 101 things. So don't come with your stories here, please. So you must remember these type of things here, that you must follow the truth. Don't come tell me you're following this one and this one. The truth has to be followed. Uh, the one I will contact you later. Ustaz. You can't contact nothing. I ask you all this question a hundred times. You must tell me, Mulvi Saab, that why you closed the masjid, one, and why you went to court, two, why you joined the lesbian and you changed the nikah laws and so forth. Explain that to us. Why you can't say Shias are kuffar? Explain that to me. When they are cursing our mother and swearing Sahaba. For what you brought the politician here to the Eidgah here in Lens? I'm asking you. I'm asking you why you'll take money from these politicians and all of them. We got all the evidence. For what you, you guys invited Tariq Jamil here, the Shia. I'm asking you. I got it. Your bill's letter, I got it. And this type of things here. Then, you want questions? I give you all the questions. So then, so I'm asking you that why you must you go to this, all this business, this uh, interfaith business. Interfaith is haram. So you must remember, you saw all the evidence we gave you. So about your guys there in the interfaith and so forth. So, so who, who's bootlicking who? So you must our function must be alayna annu asir. We must tell the Christians and Jews and the Hindus and non-Muslims, this is our Islam. Not go and put a lick them, so you must remember that. That's exactly what you guys are doing. You see for us here, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala gave us a person who was a pastor, and now he's becoming the ambassador, and then we bring people into Islam. You're taking people out of Islam with your crooked syllabus, with your crooked actions and so forth. So there, you go tell them all that. They know me very well, and they can't answer not one question. You guys call Sayyidina Umar a narcissist. What else is left, I'm asking you? So you must remember. But they go on. So you must remember this. I don't even make salam to them. Because remember, according to me, they treat this to Islam. You must remember that. And I say that openly. You know my style. I'll tell you on your face what I think about you. Right. You want, you want more? I'll give you more. You must come tomorrow, second round. One more question, Ustad, before we leave you. There's a sister from Swaziland, Ustad. Assalamu alaikum, dear Mufti Sab. I'm pregnant after many years of trying to conceive. I used to read and still do read the dua of Hazrat Zakaria, alayhi salam, numerous times a day. Therefore, I'm considering naming my son Zakaria. Is it a good name to keep? The significance of this name, sustain Swaziland, Ustad. Excellent. You were reading, mashallah, the two du'as. Number one, chapter 21, verse 89. Rabbi la tazarni farda wa anta khairul warithin. Ya Allah, don't leave me alone, ya Allah. You are the best one to grant is. Chapter 21, verse 89. You were reading chapter 3, verse 38. So you must remember that. Rabbi habli. Milladun kazurri. 
Aliyatan Tayyiba Innaka Sami Uddu'a Ya Allah grant me pure and chaste children You are the one who are listening to the du'a of Almighty Allah So you must remember excellent name So let me give you quickly in this one minute Father Nabi Zakaria salam, The wife and then the mother of Nabi Yahya salam, Alisha Both of them old and old but he cried to Allah, first jabna lahu, and then Allah says in front, wa aslahna lahu zawja. She was barren, Allah Ta'ala made everything now, able, capable to give birth, and then the son's name became Yahya. So you want to keep Zakaria, alayhi salam, excellent. You want to keep Yahya, excellent. These are Anbiya, alayhi salatu salam's names, so very good, and now you must read the dua of Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Rabbi habali now you are pregnant you are conceived so read Ya Allah chapter 37 verse 100 O Almighty Allah Jalla wala, grant me pious offspring grant me normal offspring so that is what you should do you must remember that Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq and bless you with a pious handsome son or inshallah because you want Zakariya Yahya so son it will be but ask Allah for khair always whether it's a son or a daughter barakallahu feek salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh marcus sahaba the voice of ahl sunnah wal jamaah